Welcome to Future Forward Sales. I'm Lynn Whitbeck, founder and CEO of futureforwardsales.com and Petite to Queen. Our superpower is empowering business owners to transform their sales and grow their business. We work with business owners who reject complacency and focus on innovative thinking to thrive. At the end of the show, in about 20 minutes, I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing sales podcasts. Let's go. Right now we have Juliana Stan Campiano of Oxygen with us. Thank you for joining us, Juliana. Thank you so much for having me, Gabby. I'm excited to be here. And excited to have you. So first, let's keep it simple. Tell me who you are and what your company does. Yeah. So as you said, my name, Juliana Stan Campiano. Uh, I founded Oxygen in 2008 in Seattle, and we're really well known for primarily uh, creating highly experiential learning uh, within corporations. That's kind of where we started, and that was our niche. And since then, we've grown and changed like a lot of different companies. And we have kind of three different pillars that we really play in that area the most. We um, help with organizations and clients that are going through change and transformation and look at their their organization within the learning and the sales enablement space. Um, and then we obviously create lots of learning assets of all different size and variety. Mm-hmm. As of right now in this world that we're in, it's a lot of virtual, yes. <laughs> a lot of online. Um, but at the heart of what we do there is really about how to make it applicable and how to really reach the person that has to go through it. Uh, And then we do a lot of creative services on top of that. So um, ironically, when I got into this field a long time ago, I felt like the visuals and the creative we kept for external facing audiences like our customers, right? Marketing is really good at this. And we didn't do as much for our internal people. And so they got kind of like the leftover clip art. (laughs) Um, And so we started doing a lot more in that creative space to make the different stuff that we were creating to be visually interesting to help somebody retain the information that we were trying to get through to them. So that's essentially what we do. I also sit on the board for the Sales Enablement Society, an organization I've been a part of for a number of years, and it's the largest nonprofit for sales enablement professionals. Wow. Congratulations. Love to hear that. (laughs) And so it started, like you said, it's basically been growing. And so now is it recent that it's been those three pillars or did it start as something smaller and then grow into it? How did that work exactly? Yeah. Well, it's an interesting story. So I gave you part of the story. Yes. (laughs) But the rest of it is um, Oxygen was originally a UK based company. Okay. And I started with them in London. Uh, I was a client at the time and then moved over to the consulting side Uh, And I was primarily there to grow some of our accounts and ended up, I I put a business case forward to open a U.S. office because at the time I'd been in Europe for about four years and I was ready to come back Mm. stateside and be closer to home. And, uh, And on top of that, I had such a passion for what Oxygen does and the fact that, you know, I think a lot of us have been through the educational system and probably have had that professor that's just lectured at us for hours Mm -hmm. on end. And in going through some of what Oxygen did that was very hands-on, very driven by activity, 
I found that I learned so much better. And I figured there were probably a lot more people out there that were like me that needed that hands-on ability to try something Mm -hmm. and mess up and make a mistake and then do it again and do it again and get better at it. Um, And so, you know, that's why I joined originally. I was very passionate about bringing that um, stateside. So I did in 2008, uh, July 1st, 2008. And then uh, the economy completely fell out from underneath us that year. Of course, yes. (laughs) Uh As some of us were a part of. um, A great time to start a business, not a great time to have a business. Right. (laughs) Uh, And so I ended up buying the company in 2009. And it's been through many changes, like you said. So the three things that I talked about are what we've been doing, I would say, about the last four or five years. Okay. Uh, And before that, we were known for this highly experiential classroom um, design and development that we did with a lot of companies where they're trying to get away from the lecture style, the heavy PowerPoint, mm. which we've all, you know, been at the death of or the mercy of. Yes. Um, and, and so that's where we started. And then we've grown and expanded since then. Absolutely. And I can relate to that because I know fresh out of college in the last couple of years. So I can <laughs> definitely say it's nice or something more, like you said, hands-on and personal rather than just being lectured at all day for meetings and everything too. Yeah, yeah, we go from like thing to thing where somebody's talking at us, right? Yeah, and it's like we're not robots, so that doesn't work as well. So I love that. And so obviously, then that's a different approach. How do you then continue to create fresh opportunities to best serve your customers? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, along that path, we fell into working a lot with customer facing teams. So customer service, sales, marketing, these are a lot of the teams that Um, they have a really complex job, right? When you're selling something or when you're servicing somebody, you have to put yourself in the shoes of the other person. You have to understand their business. You have to understand where they're coming from. And you have to bring your own company along on that journey and and to be able to explain it and talk about it in a a way that's going to connect with somebody. And so we ended up doing a lot of work uh, in those areas, which has been great. And, you know, that audience, I would say, especially wants something that they can use immediately. Right. <laughs> you know, they need to go out and apply it right away. And so we started looking um, at the work that we, we were doing and how much people have to consume. And just like, you know, there's so much out there to consume. How do we make the choice of what's going to help us or not? Um, and the, that was a lot of the videos, right, that I got to watch coming into this was about how to make it relevant to your audience. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to me because we've done a lot of studies about different audiences and what is interesting or relevant to them. And so as learning professionals or sales enablement professionals, how do we provide something that's easy to navigate? It's going to make a difference. Somebody feels like they get what they need when they need it, and they're, con- they're able to continue to grow through time. So we kind of have looked at all of those avenues Mm -hmm. as we've been growing and really have adjusted to create more long-term experiences for people versus one-off events where you don't know what you necessarily get as from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like still finding that perfect like combination of, yes, we're making it personal to the customers and trying to figure out how to navigate it, but we also still obviously want to bring the service that you all provide. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's always a balance, right? There's not one mm-hmm. without the other. And I think it, it 
becomes a little bit easier if we can make one thing or yes. like focus on that, right? It, it's a lot easier to do that than it is to um, have to think about all these different kind of impacts and what you're trying to do. But right. we like to kind of delve into that complicated mess and try to figure it out. Right, the so. puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah. do you think with doing, taking the time to do all that research, like you said, you want to figure out how to best, you know, approach your customers and give them the best that you can. How do you then leverage kind of the flexibility then to think outside of the box? How do you still come up with those opportunities and just do things differently as you learn more and more about customers and people in general? Yeah, you know, the irony with that, I think, is that when we do learn about the audience, they give us lots of that those creative ideas. So mm-hmm. some of my favorite questions to ask people are, you know, hey, when you're not at work, where do you go to learn something? You know, where do you go and figure something out? How do you do it when you're doing that? And we hear a lot of, you know, I listen to podcasts when I'm commuting (laughs) or um, my kind of favorite and something I know I've done a lot is I go to YouTube and I look for the video and I don't care if the video is high fidelity or low fidelity. I care that it helps me. Right. And that I can pause it in the, while I'm doing something and like do the thing and then go back to it and, you know, continue doing the thing. So, you know, just through asking a lot of those curious questions, you, you know, people are just so amazing and so multifaceted. You get all these different ideas from people. And then we think about how can we bring some of that into their corporate space Mm -hmm. so that they're more likely to take something in, retain it and do something with it. Cause ultimately we're trying to get people to do something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that kind of touched into my next question, but I guess I want to hear more in details. Like then what makes up your secret sauce uh, that sets you apart from the rest of the industry? I mean, you've already said some examples, but if there's anything else that sticks out to you. Yeah. You know, I think it's been really interesting. So we call this uh, a lot of this upfront work that we do learning architecture and that doesn't resonate with a lot of people, but, you know, we essentially think about, you know, if you were to build a house, you Mm -hmm. don't just go and say, Hey, can you build me my bedroom? Uh, which is how a lot of um, learning ends up happening. It's like, hey, we need something on communications or, hey, Mm. we need something on sales 101 or, you know, and it's all very topic driven. And then by the time you've created all these topics, you just have literally a smorgasbord of everything Mm -hmm. you could have ever wanted, but you don't know how to navigate it, right? Right, so you just kind of in a maze (laughs) instead. Yeah, exactly, that... Um, ultimately the person that you're creating it for has to figure out how to navigate it. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, that becomes very difficult. And a lot of times they just won't. So there's a lot of stats out there about wasted content and it's very high. Uh, And the amount of money that's spent on creating said content is also very high. (laughs) So you look at those two things together and it makes you sad as a business owner. Um, But but so a lot of what we do is in that upfront discovery in order to make something that is going to produce a business outcome or some sort of measurement that you can measure mm. uh, within a role so that you can make adjustments and tweak as you grow and change, but that so you're not having to wholesale redo stuff when you can't find something or it's gone out of date. So I would say a lot of our secret sauce is about that definitional work upfront. It's understanding the audience understanding the requirements. Um, And I had a client once tell me, he said, 
my team's really good at asking questions, but your team asks the question and then the next one and the next one and the next mm. one. You know, he was basically <laughs> saying you dig so deep that you get to the thing that actually needs to change. Because a lot of times companies say they need more training, but in reality, it's not a learning thing that needs to happen. It's a systemic thing that needs to change or, mm-hmm. you know, something in the organization and how it's dealt with. So we like to understand that so that you don't waste money on creating stuff that is more of a band-aid than an actual fix. Right. So it's almost like digging deep to create that real framework rather than if you don't go deep enough where it's like, okay, we made somewhat stable foundation, but like you said, now just content's being created and really didn't get to the root of the problem. Yeah. And you can feel like you, you did it. You're like, oh, I asked these questions, but ultimately uh, you have to go really deep. Yeah. Yeah. And going deeper, so then where do you see your business in the next few years and what are your plans to accomplish that vision? Yeah. Well, so, you know, the world's changed this year since it's, yes. so it's 2020, right? <laughs> almost there. Um, I know, right. We're almost to 2021, <laughs> but, um, you know, so we, we've really just kind of grabbed onto all the virtual stuff and, you know, the remote way in which our, our businesses are. But I think, you know, I see um, that there's going to be a lot more need in order to bring um, the workforce along mm-hmm. in the coming years. And this is something that we're talking about a lot and kind of a re-education of people. And how can we have a, a place in that that space? Um, sales is very interesting as well. There's more universities that have sales programs, which is really okay. fascinating. So you can come out with a degree in sales, which is you know, not the norm. Yeah. Um, and yet over 50% of our population is in a sales role of some sort. So it's kind of fascinating that that hasn't been in our university system um, until the recent, more recent years. So, you know, I think there's going to be a lot more doubling down on education, but making it also accessible to people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's become inaccessible for a lot of people. And I think the, the burden also lies on organizations to continue to educate their people. Um, so I think there, there's just going to be more and we need to organize it. We need to leverage technology, mm-hmm. uh, and we need, we need to make it about the humans though, and not about the technology. And of I think course. that's a lot of what we're seeing come out of this really big boom of, um, you know, Netflix of learning and all these different platforms that are in the space now is, I think it's going to be less about which technology versus how do we utilize the technology to help us Mm -hmm. as humans. And Mm -hmm. I think that mindset has to shift a little bit. And I think there's just such a big opportunity for your company. As you said, education is shifting. People are seeing like even the office, people don't need to sit in meetings all day. People need to sit in the classroom eight hours a day. And so I think there's a huge opportunity for your company to grasp. Yeah, I think we're going to see more and more what Josh Burson calls working uh, or learning in the flow of work. Mm -hmm. and how to do that through technology versus a lot of like pushing on people, Mm -hmm. you know, to take things or to consume information. And it's going to be more that, oh, I I was able to easily find something that I needed when I needed it um, type of view. And that's, you know, AI is going to help with that. A lot of the the search components are going to help with that as well for our internal systems. And then having a much easier interface, you know, the UI UX of somebody engaging with something online, I think has to has to get better. Yeah, that's, that's very, very exciting. I want to make sure also we get 
this information too, a book called Radical Outcomes. Could you tell a little bit about that and where our listeners can find it too, if they're interested? Yeah, you can find it on most of the places that you're going to buy books from indie bookstores, you know, to Amazon, (laughs) all all of those (laughs) in between. Um, Radical Outcomes was written after being asked for a long time, kind of how my team worked and what made us have this kind of magical way of working. So it's a lot about working in a team to produce outcomes and how being focused on, you know, the business outcome that you're driving versus the thing and always keeping that front of mind to make good decisions. Right. So keeping that angle basically at the forefront, how we can get those steps in order to get to that outcome. Yeah. So there's a bunch of process in the book, um, (laughs) which I was kind of, I thought when I was younger that I was very anti-process until I realized I just didn't like the rigidity of what, how processes were kind of imposed on us. Um, So it follows a process, but a process where you can be creative, which, you know, was one of your questions earlier. How do you continue to do this, but also think outside the box? And I think when you have structure and you have clarity of goals, you can do a lot of innovation within that. Right. And that's so interesting. I never thought of it that way where it's like the rigidity in a sense needs to be like, so the structure and where the goal is at, but then there needs to be that flexibility and fluidity when it comes to how are we going to get there? Yes. Yeah. The how can sh- shift depending on those, um, like the goalpost, right? Right. The goalpost moves. How you get there is going to have to move. You can't be like, okay, we're going to continue doing the same thing and hope Mm -hmm. we've reached the new goalpost. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's so exciting. I'm very, very excited. Juliana Stan Campiano can be found at oxygenx.com. Are there any, uh, com, sorry, are there any other platforms uh, to find information? Yeah, we're on Twitter. It's all the same, oxygenexp.com. You're going to find us in all those places. Um, Twitter, LinkedIn, and myself is Jay Stan Campiano at whatever <laughs> social media you would like to find me at. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Juliana. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Future Forward Sales. If you are a business owner who rejects complacency and is driven to increase their sales and grow their business and would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit futureforwardsales.com forward slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor? Share this episode on social media, then go ahead and subscribe. Give us a thumbs up, a rating or a review. My name is Lynn Whitbeck, and I thank you again for your time. Let's connect on your favorite social channels. Thanks for listening.